This is an Equity Mates Media podcast. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. Uh, I do own Bitcoin. There is no second past. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, designed to help you navigate the dynamic world of cryptocurrency. We're here for anyone who is interested in crypto at all. Maybe you've already dipped your toe in the water or maybe you don't know anything about it and this is the very beginning. But we recommend heading back to the early episodes to get your footing. However, if you think you're ready to dive in head first, then let's do it. Coming up in this episode, we talk about the world first token mapping exercise, which will bring more regulation to the Aussie crypto scene. We talk about the Bend Dow NFT insolvency crisis, which might flood the market with some cheap bored apes. And we give some free tickets to the Gold Coast CryptoCon, which is happening next month. My name's Tracy, and this week Craig and I are joined by a guest host. We've got our mate Dave Hasloff on the show. Dave is a host of that up-and-coming Australian crypto convention, which is happening on the Gold Coast next month, and we're going to tell you a little bit more about that later in the show. So to intro Dave, he's a professional trader and educator in the crypto space. He's been teaching people all about crypto since 2017, and he'll correct me if I'm wrong there. He's got a group called the Crypto Den, which is actually one of Australia's most active crypto communities. So Dave, it's great to have you. Welcome along. Thanks for having me, Trace. I'm excited to help co-host the show. So, Dave, uh, welcome to the show. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey into crypto. Uh, sure. So, I got into crypto at the end of 2016, start of 2017. Seriously, by chance, I just happened to stumble across a Facebook post uh, about a cryptocurrency and uh, piqued my curiosity and I started to research it and, and thought I'll just throw some money at this and see if it goes anywhere, and it did. And after that, I obviously discovered Bitcoin and Ethereum, and like most of us, sort of went really deep into that rabbit hole. And uh, you know, did did well out of a couple of early investments, and thought to myself, well, there's definitely something in this, but I need to learn more about it. So I sort of committed myself almost full time, really, like just I became obsessed. And then I lost a bit of money, and I thought, well. It's not as easy as I first thought, <laughs> so I definitely need to learn how to do it properly. So I started studying a lot of literature around trading and investments from legacy markets and, and things like that. So, And then obviously through that, I was able to bring that information and, and sort of a skill set that I guess I, I had the, a natural aptitude for over into the crypto space. And since then, I, I started teaching other people how to do it, and it's grown to you know, 50,000 odd members in the crypto den. and. I've been I've, I've sort of helped educate thousands of people over the years, so it's been a pretty good journey, actually. Bitcoin or Ethereum, Dave? What's your preference right now? Bitcoin. Oh, Bitcoin. Anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. We can still be friends. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a total maxi. I'm eighty percent maxi, really. So 
you know, I, I think Bitcoin is is never going to get anywhere in, in when you're comparing it to all the other crypto coins and tokens and what have you. Ethereum has definitely so much more utilities and, and everything that's sort of been built or modeled off Ethereum uh, has an amazing amount of utility, but there's also a lot of, for lack of a better term, garbage out there too. So I think Bitcoin will always be number one in the in an econ- economic sense. Yeah, absolutely. And then you would have seen like the major rise of DeFi and then the NFTs and Web3. So yeah, yeah. where, where you're sitting on all that, you're just happy to sit back and see it all happen. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll dip my toe in and, and get involved and, and learn as much as what I can. But I think it, at the end of the day, it's um, Bitcoin's still here and it's not going anywhere. So absolutely, Bitcoin will, will remain king. Absolutely. <laughs> Tracy seems to think that Ethereum might flip Bitcoin one day. Do you th- do you just laugh at that, or do you think that's an actual possibility? You know what? I was just about to say that you are the one that thinks that if because we've got a we had a bet going. We've both said it. Yeah. We've both said it. I think I was I was saying it, and then maybe I gave up on it. Then you started saying it. Mm. Me and Tracy have both not said for it long, before. but I think that not for long, but it will flip and then go back for a certain period of time. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I mean, it's not out of the realms of possibility. I mean, we look at look at what. Um, Dogecoin achieved last year. Mm. You know, I thought that shouldn't have been possible, but it, you know, it almost hit a one US dollar. It went up to I think about seventy cents, which is ridiculous. So mm. to say it's impossible would be silly. But do I think it will happen? No, I think I think Bitcoin's um, scarcity and, and value in scarcity will outperform everything every four years as it gets harder to obtain. Have you been surprised being in the industry, you know, like you said, since 2017, just the passion and the uptake here in Australia? Like you've got that group now, 50,000, you know, crypto um, con event. It seems like, and we're in the weeds because we obviously live and breathe it on the daily, um, but statistics show that crypto is hugely popular in Australia. We've really taken it on here. And, you know, are you surprised at that? Not really. I mean... It's easy for me to say as as an advocate for crypto that it's the future and, and, you know, it's what a lot of us people that are in the space already believe. So for, from our perspective, it's very easy to say, no, definitely not surprised because we know what crypto and, and blockchain is capable of and where we see it in, in the future of everyday business and economics. So I guess... It's it's one of those those red pill blue pill moments where you know once you once you've sort of plugged in and you actually understand it, it's a no brainer. So I'm not I'm not overly surprised at all. It's it's getting people to understand it that's the difficult part. I think it's not just us looking for an opportunity to I dare I say not just get rich quick, but also look for an opportunity to build our wealth for generations to come. But it's also the all the building that's happening here. There's a lot of projects on the go in Australia that are being built out compared to to other nations as well. So I think you know we can be proud that we're setting the scene there. And I'm going to use that as a segue into our first story, guys. So bear with me. Here in Australia, we are set for cryptos world first as news broke this week of a major audit which will take place. This is an announcement by the federal government. Australia will become the first country in the world to token map the crypto assets sector as the government seeks to protect investors. So this was hotly spoken about for the first 24 hours or 48 hours, guys, with all the big players in the industry seeming to want to talk about this and welcome it with open arms. I saw uh, Steve Vallis, MD for Blockchain APAC, 
and uh, Caroline Bowler, CEO of BTC Markets, both had really long and positive uh, posts via LinkedIn. So, you know, did you have a look at that, Dave? What are, what are your thoughts on this move in general? I, I think it's a good thing in the sense that we, we definitely need regulations in the space, but there's also a part of me that I'm a, I'm a firm believer in, in what, you know, blockchain and crypto was invented for and, and that decentralization aspect of it as well. So while I think that there's areas of the space that seriously need regulation and clarity, I suppose, more than anything else, I'm also still very much in the, the mindset of, you know, we, we, we built this for a reason. We built this to let's not lose. Let's not lose sight. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's there's a very fine line to walk there um, from from an industry perspective. But I think for the things like tax purposes and and whatnot, we need clarity. We need to know what's an asset. What's what's a, a, a um, financial product. We need to know what's considered a property. And at the moment, there's just so much grey area. If you go to try and do your tax and you hold NFTs and You've got long-term crypto holds, short-term if you're trading. There's so many different tax implications and no one really knows what, what they're doing. And there's, there's great specialists in the industry for, for tax, but, you know, there's only there's only so many of them and there's millions of people that are trying to figure this out. So we definitely need the clarity on that. But like I said, I think we, we, there's a fine line there of what, um, you know, our fundamental belief system of crypto and blockchain is uh, compared to the regulations around it as well. So. Really, really good point there, bringing it back to the kind of the, the true purpose and, and where we're all coming from. But, yeah, equally as good point around tax and those things that we need to consider. What are your thoughts, Craig? Yeah, I think the exchanges are crying out for this, um, mainly to protect themselves of any law changes that can catch them with their pants mm. down. So I know a few of the exchange CEOs have spoken favourably about this, but also we spoke to Andrew Bragg, who was, he was a little bit bearish on labour, um, getting this done, but it seems like that's not the case. Labor have actually probably accelerated this to what it would have been, which is a good news. It remains to be seen if it's good for the industry or not. If it's good for the average investor, let's hope so. Mm. But um, yeah, I think consumer protection is always a good thing, especially with all of the stuff that's happened in the last few months. Yeah. You know, if we can prevent that happening, then that's always good. Yeah. Like I said, I think, you know, it's a positive step in the right direction for both, like you mentioned, the industries and, you know, the industries have been calling for more regulation, but also for the general punters and the retail who need that added bit of protection so they can feel like that they are entering this crypto economy safely, for sure. I think where a lot of the protection should be is is mostly around, you know, the projects themselves, not just the classifications of the coins or the tokens, but... You know, you've got so many projects out there that are Ponzi's. They're total pyramid scams. And, you know, the education sector is what should be looked after most here, not not just regulating the crap out of everything. Mm. We need people to be educated so that they can mm. they can fundamentally look at a project and see, no, no, this is this is a pyramid scam or this is a Ponzi and, mm. and stay away from it. And that's how you're going to protect the consumer better. Rather than just regulating everything and tying your hands behind your back, let's educate them. Let's start getting some actual government recognized courses and things like that out there that that mm. people can do to to really understand the space more I don't think, though, that this particular one's looking at that. It might be. You might just scratch a bit closer to look at it because I, I believe when I read through this, they're looking at a lot more things like 
the advertising that they're they're worried about. They're they're worried about the crypto.coms and the sport advertising and and more of those things and and people getting caught up. But you're dead right. It's more about where people are actually getting their education because they're seeing the sport advertising, they're seeing crypto and then they're walking away and wondering where they learn more and that could be where they're falling down. So Exactly. And you've got companies like ours that we've we've been educating people the the right way and, and sharing what we know. And our hands have been tied. We, we, we haven't been allowed to advertise for years, you know. So there's there's regulations that are stopping us from doing the right thing as well. So where are you guys regulated? So where do you get your credentials kind of stamped? So technically speaking, as far as I know, and this, is, this has been discussed with countless lawyers over the years, we, we sort of still operate in a bit of a grey area there. So until cryptocurrency is deemed a financial product, there's there's a lot of too much grey area and that's why I welcome the, the regulations coming in so that we do have clarity on that. Mm. But we're also still very governed by, by companies like Google and Facebook where, where a lot of companies now, especially digital companies, that's where we put our advertising funds and, you know, Facebook is highly restrictive and to even advertise anything on Google is next to impossible. So it's a, a bit of, there needs to be a bit of give and take there, I think. How is the regulation going to keep up with the new, the new thing? Like no one had heard of an NFT 18 months ago and then Bored Ape holders did 100x in six months. How were they meant to regulate that before it happens? It just can't happen. Like the next narrative could be soulbound tokens, could be DeFi, whatever. It's a nightmare for them. I don't envy the people that are on this job in the government. No, the space is moving so fast. I don't. I don't think they can, Craig. I really don't think they can. It's. It's. You look at what what has happened in the last five years. We've we started. We've gone from the ICO boom, which geez, didn't we see some scams and whatnot happening in that area? where it probably needed the most regulation was back in 2017, 2018. And now you've got metaverse and people running around on the internet. Look how far it's come in such a short amount of time. So I agree with you. I think the the industry is evolving way too fast for them to keep up. Yeah. Good luck to them, Chase. (laughs) Well, yeah, good luck to them. Good luck to them. I think on that note, we will leave it there. And and again, it's it's something, regulation, we say that every time we discuss it. It's so important and, you know, we'll see where it goes from there and keep a keen eye on it. Moving on to our next story, Ben Dow has been hit by an insolvency crisis as its Ethereum reserves are being drained. Many bored ape NFTs are in danger of being liquidated. So NFT lending platform BendDAO has collateralized almost 3% of the entire collection. And now they say that a lot of them are very close to being forcibly sold. Now, BendDAO is a peer-to-peer lending service that lets users borrow Ether against their NFTs. Customers can take a loan that is equal to 30 to 40% of the NFT collection's floor price. Now with floor prices tumbling along with the price of Ether, some people might find their NFTs on auction very soon. Now, NFT depositors have rushed to withdraw their funds, creating somewhat of a bank run type scenario that could collapse the NFT market. Craig, there's actually a little bit more to this at the moment. Uh, If you want to explain what's going on with the market. Yeah, we've spoken about these NFT collateral platforms before and essentially how it works is if you have a board ape, um, say your board ape's worth 100 ETH, you can borrow 40% of the ETH's value and then you lock up the board ape to Ben Dow. You know, that's how it works. So you get, you get Ethereum, but you have to lock up your NFT. Now, what's happened is these assets, as we know, are very liquid 
and the floor price can move quite quickly and quite um, drastically. And what's happened is a bunch of NFTs have triggered their you know liquidation price where they have to pay back the loan. And what's happened is Ben Dow has, I don't know the exact number, but had like maybe 20 or so bored apes that weren't paid back. And they actually went to auction until the buyer put in what they had borrowed back into the platform. And it caused mass panic. People were worried that this would cause a massive sell-off with NFTs. Dave, I know you're a BTC maxi, um, not the most NFT lover, but do you think this is just another case of NFTs infancy as a market? Honestly, I think it's it's a mixture of the infancy, but also the, the utility of it as well. So my my personal opinion is that a lot of these nfts in the art space for example you know the board apes and all the different art nfts is is not the best use case for the technology so and to be honest i think it's a little bit silly i think the the best use case for nft technology are things like property and uh, music and movies and and you know things like that 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 really cuts out a middleman and has that utility in it so i think it was overinflated to begin with, extremely, and I guess inevitable. We thought this one wasn't going to go well, did we? We weren't looking exactly at Bendow, but when we looked at these DeFi lending protocol that were putting up NFTs as collateral, it was a recipe for disaster looking at how this market was travelling and the liquidity that was locked. It just, this was inevitable. I can't believe that people were doing it, to be perfectly honest. It didn't make sense to me. Well, some YouTuber called Mike, he actually put his board out for collateral and bought a real life house. Like he got a house deposit and actually bought a real house with it, which is just insane. But this is, I mean, a liquid asset. You you want to have the assets that you're borrowing on hand just in case this happens. But for the DGENs out there, I bet a few of them got caught with their pants down. The problem is that so many people in the market are filled with this, this bullish hope always. You know, it never seems to leave. And, you know, if you're, if you're putting up collateral for X amount of ETH and the market takes a 30% dive, where are you then? You, you, you're caught mm. with your pants down. Yeah. And there's no way of bringing it back. Mm. So that was always going to happen, isn't it? You've got a, an uneducated group of people that, you know, have, all of a sudden have, let's you know, say, $100,000 worth of Ethereum and then Ethereum drops 30%. What are they going to do? It's, it was always going to happen, honestly. And on that, I think we'll stop and take a break. But when we get back, we'll talk about some leaked numbers from FTX and we'll tell you all about the CryptoCon event coming up soon. We'll be right back. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
You're back listening to the Crypto Curious podcast, getting your weekly fix of crypto news. It's not a news episode without talking about an exchange, and today it's the big dog, FTX. This is a pretty rare look under the hood of FTX's finances. We got a copy of its audited numbers from last year, and the privately held crypto exchange brought in just over a billion dollars in revenue for 2021. That was up more than a thousand percent in a year. And as of the first quarter of this year, it was on pace for a similar run rate of about 1.1 billion. FTX was also profitable. Operating income was 272 million, up from just 14 million a year earlier, and operating margins were about 27 percent. That that is mad, Craig. Did you see? Did you see that get leaked? I don't think you did actually, because I messaged you about it and you weren't aware of it. But do you want to give us the recap of exactly what came out? What 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 was leaked? Yeah, you. I don't know where the dark arts of Twitter you're hanging out, but you <laughs> told me about it and I researched it. Pretty mind-boggling numbers. I'll just give a bit of an overview here, and then we'll have a chat about them. So revenue went from 90 million in 2020 to 1.2 billion in 2021. That's yearly growth. Operation income went from 14 million in 2020 to 272 million in 2021. They're sitting on 2.5 billion dollars in cash, which is why you can see Sam being linked to every man and his dog on an acquisition. They've acquired 15 smaller companies around the world to expand their global footprint. And surprising stat, the US business only makes up for about 5% of total revenue. So they really are a global exchange. FTX isn't US, even though they've, you know, they've bought the Staples Center, they're doing massive sponsorships over there. Only 5% of their revenue. Yeah, Miami Heat, was that it? Or the Staples Center, wasn't it? Or was that crypto.com? Miami Heat. Miami Heat, yeah, Miami Heat. So, and just, you know, point for that, Sam did, because uh, this was leaked, obviously, supposedly, but Sam did tweet straight after that, FYI, numbers are correct, ballpark. So, they're just huge numbers. I can't even fathom that. Uh, Dave, you're a trader. Have you used FTX? What's your thoughts on uh, these guys? Yeah, I have used FTX. I actually really love FTX. Uh, I don't use it as my my staple exchange that I trade on, but uh, I've used it quite a bit. And it's, I mean, it's brilliant. You can you've got so many different asset assets on there and asset classes. So for diversification in in uh, investing versus trading or investing and trading, it's a really really good platform. So they've done a great job. And to be honest, I'm really not surprised that they've taken off as much as they have. What's your thoughts on Sam as a personality like what's your thoughts on him in crypto in general no i like him i think he's got a he's got this real selflessness about him which i i actually really love and every time you see the guy he's just he's nice and casual he's not wearing shoes half the time he's you know definitely doesn't brush his hair and yeah he's he's just so uh himself (laughs) i don't know if he could Yeah, I actually, I quite like him. I like his attitude and the way he does things. So, you know, I'd love to be able to meet the guy in person. Maybe he can come to Oz CryptoCon next year. Honestly, I was thinking next year, I was thinking that. I know you got some wicked guests this year, but maybe next year you can hit him up. Yeah, that'd be Because um, I'm pretty sure he gets a lot of a lot of business from Australia. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he does well from down under. Well, I think his business from Australia definitely picked up when uh, Binance derivatives shut down because FTX was still able to operate. I was, well, that's that. That is when I moved. That's to be too, honest, yeah. Binance was my easy on ramp for for fiat. Still is because you can't with FTX, and FTX is where I trade unless I want to tr- do some really unusual stuff. But you know what? I'm still all about the Aussie homegrown platforms as well. So 
BTC Markets for me was where I first started years ago because it was easy to get funds on and I'm a massive fangirl of Caroline Bowler. I think she's the best. But SwiftX for me is still, you know, I love I love SwiftX and love everything those guys are doing. And that's my segue into your event, CryptoCon, because SwiftX are the major sponsors for you guys. Is That's correct? Yeah, that's right. So the naming rights sponsor of the convention and they've, they've been brilliant to work with. And they're up where you guys are because you're based up in um, – Queensland, yes? Yes, yeah, I'm on the Gold Coast and uh, SwiftX are in Brisbane, so it's about an hour away. Yeah, so tell us more about this event because we're really excited because Craig and I are are going as Bamboo to this event and you have got – so many speakers. Every time I speak to uh, you or Matt, uh, there's a new speaker or someone else coming along. It's going to be amazing. We're super pumped. So please tell us more about the event. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's been such a mammoth task putting together uh, something on this size. Originally, I never set out for it to be so big in the beginning. So what actually got me to think about doing this was that every sort of second person that I came in contact with and you know, would, would preach crypto too, um, would still think that cryptocurrency was a scam despite the fact that you've got government mm. adopting it and banks and, you know, and the general consensus was always you can't believe everything you read on the internet. And I thought, well, let's take it off the internet. Let's let's put it in real life and give people something tangible that they can see and talk to and feel and touch and, you know, be a part of something and actually learn from people in person. So, that was the idea behind it. And initially we, we hired out a quarter of the space at the Gold Coast Convention Centre and now we have the whole thing basically. So, you know, it's the interest grew really, really rapidly and, and we're still getting dozens of uh, requests every day for people that would like to speak at the event, exhibit at the event and the response has, has been massive. Considering it's crypto winter and it's quiet, that's amazing. It is, yeah. You know, that the interest is still there and everyone's still pumped. So, yeah, yeah. that's really good. And I think that's that's probably going to be an important um, driving factor in the coming years as well. The more in-person events we can get and educating people in in person, in real life, then I think that's going to help drive people into having more patience and security when we're going through a bear market as well because the last thing you want to do is be one of those people that, just gets, you know, has enough and, and just sells out everything at a loss and, and says, this is crap, I'm moving on. But I think that's what people don't realise is that in a bear market, when it's like this, is it when people who are involved in crypto, we're building, we're doing things, we're yeah. making things happen. And then people who are in who are in retail who want to know more, then that's when you should be researching and learning and trying to understand and upskill. Yeah. So this is the perfect time. Definitely. So that's yeah. why an event like this is happening at the right time. And there are so many companies that are building some really, really cool stuff. So I've had the, the pleasure of reading so many different pictures and white papers of companies that have, you know, requested to be part of this event. And, you know, some, even my team will, will ring me and say, hey, Dave, check out this project. This this is actually really cool. And the Aussie ingenuity is, is, you know, really quite amazing in this space. So many people are doing some really cool stuff. And that's the type of thing that we want people to see in person to see that crypto and blockchain is more than just Bitcoin, you know. As Craig said, I'm a bit more of a Bitcoin maxi, not total, thanks Craig, but there's heaps of utility in this space and people are doing some really, really cool stuff. So, you know, we hope to showcase all that at the convention and obviously we can't have everyone. We've got space for uh, 80 exhibitors, which is a bit more than what we set out to have. And uh, I think we've got over 100 speakers coming now. So, you know, the idea is, is education and, and, you know, sharing some of what 
these companies are producing. Which speaker are you most excited for? Jazz it up. I get to speak to Michael Saylor, so I can't really yeah. can compare to that. And yeah, he's know, the biggest maxi of them all. Fanboy, right? Yeah, I'm fanboying over him. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. I'm really excited to listen to uh, Lee Travis as well from from Binance Australia. I really do enjoy watching his keynotes. Uh, I think he's got a lot of value. Steve Vowers, of course, as well. I'm looking forward to some of the education sectors as well. So yes, I do intend on on uh, coming to some of the NFT workshops. So we've got workshops at the convention as well so that people can learn more about it we've got DeFi workshops and trading workshops and you know i think sitting in on some of those sessions as well is important for me as well because i I don't claim to be an expert i don't know everything and there's going to be a lot that i'll get to learn as well yeah that's great um we're really excited to come and we're also pleased to say to our listeners that have gotten this far into the show that we're giving away three double passes to the convention. So that'd be, um, what are they worth each, David? One ticket's worth? 250 bucks. Yeah, so about $750 worth of prizes. Awesome prize. That's awesome prize. To make yourself eligible, um, all you have to do is jump into the Crypto Curious Community Group. I'll make a post about this and just say, um, comment to make your entry and we will select someone in the group. So three passes to give away, super exciting, and hearing from the two Bitcoin maxis, David and Michael Saylor, chatting about what's next for crypto (laughs) is exciting. So yeah, jump into the group and we'll give them away in the next few weeks. Sounds good. And I think to end today, we're going to do something a bit different. We're not going to do our short, sharp news bites today. We're going to get a round out uh, from Craig on some NFT news. So Dave will be loving this section. Uh, So Craig, do you want to give us an update on what's going on in the NFT space at the moment? Because it isn't great news. It's not looking fantastic, is it? No, it's not. So the volume on OpenSea is at an all-time low, which sort of indicates that The NFT hype is well and truly ran out of steam. It is now sort of consolidating down at quite a low volume. The top 10 projects were bleeding. CryptoPunks has regained its spot as the top. It was been the top for a while before Board Ape Yacht Club um, took the top for, you know, feels like for ages. Um, So Yuga Labs are still, they're in charge of the NFT market. They now own the CryptoPunks. But exciting little breakthrough is one of... My collections that I own, I did own, Pudgy <laughs> Penguins, um, which has mm-hmm. been a um, okay. mainstay of crypto culture. <laughs> I um, There was a Pudgy Penguin but th- that was facing the wrong way. <laughs> You're going to love this, David. Facing the wrong way and he sold for 400 Ethereum, which is around 630 grand. Oh, is that what happened? I was wondering why this thing sold for so much. Is that what he's facing the wrong way? He's the ultra rare pudgy. Is that why he sold for... Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It's the, it's the rarest one in the collection. Well, I will say, David, you will be proud of me. I have been a pudgy <laughs> penguin holder. I bought one at just under an Ethereum when um, everything was on fire. And I'll be proud to announce, David, that I actually sold during this recent pump. So I have pocketed some profit <laughs> in a bear market. It's sad to see my pudgy go. It definitely wasn't 400 Ethereum. Sad to see him go. He no. had a skivvy on and a backwards cap, but um, it is what it is. We say goodbye. Can I ask, Craig, what made you buy it? Is it just because he's a, a pudgy penguin? Is this a cool name? Like, why did you buy that? The answer, well, I bought it for about when ETH was around 1500 ish So it wasn't that much. 
The reason why I bought it is because pudgy penguin holders get full IP rights over the NFT. And I could see that Bored Apes were like, there's like Bored Ape Cider, there's Bored Ape Gin. Like people are like doing some crazy stuff with the IP. So people were starting to do that with pudgies and pudgies, they were making toys. And I was like, I'm just going to get one because they're cute. And also they're cute and good vibes. Oh my God. Bought it, sold okay. it, flipped it. So yep. I'm happy. Um, and yeah, but the NFT market mm-hmm. is bleeding. If only you got a backwards one. That would have been yeah, the I reckon. And that right there is why the open sea and NFT market is crashing because people bought things because they were cute. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Point and case. Okay. Was that that? That's it for NFTs, is it? Where we've we've done with our roundup. Yeah. Let's call it. But I will I will ask David before we wrap up. Obviously, um, you're quite well versed in the space. Give us a cheeky specky or a cheeky coin that um, you're looking at during these times? Uh, there's only one that comes to mind and I, I don't usually like doing this. And it's not financial advice, folks. This is not financial advice. This is just us just having an old chit-chat with a pal. Yep. I'll personally be taking a bit of a punt at it and that's all it is is a punt, to be honest. But it's based on um, – so there's a metaverse that's come out called TCG World that I've bought land in. I own 51 plots of land in it. You know, it's it's a new metaverse that you know you, you can buy land at the moment for I think about three or four hundred bucks, right up to you know twenty twenty thousand bucks, and the, the different different types of land. But what it is is that it's it's an open world metaverse that is also gamified. So basically, Chase is googling. <laughs> yeah, basically what it is. I'm just I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. The, um, mm-hmm. you know an open world where you can buy land, you can build a house, you can you can hunt for little creatures like Pokemon and. Um, you can fly dragons and own dragons and, and things like that. So the dragons are actually the only now NFTs I own, by the way, Craig. So the only ones I own are these dragon NFTs that you can use in the game. I hope you didn't buy them because you think they're cute, all right? Oh, you should see them. They're so ugly. They're, I'm not even going to lie about that. They're, they're <laughs> terribly ugly. They're, I mean, they're, they're cool, ugly. But, you know, they have utility in the game. So you can fly dragons and you can sell them and, and whatnot. So that's why I bought a few dragons as well. And the TCG coin is going to be obviously the the coin and, and the, the economics within the game. And I sort of looked at it and I thought, well, the gaming industry at the moment as it stands before Web3 really takes off is worth $100 billion a year. Now, that's that's the same as movies and music combined globally. Now, you give gamers this biggest industry in the world, you give gamers a way to make money gaming, the adoption of that is going to be massive. So that's why I took a punt in TCG World. You should hear our gaming episode because we cover this. Yeah, so we're all over Star Atlas, you know, Star it's Atlas crazy. is similar on all those. Yeah, yeah. So what does TCG stand for? Tra- I think it's trading card game. Oh, is that what it is? I think the, the founder was a, a really big fan of Pokemon and Pokemon cards and things like that. I- if it's trading card game, then I know it. Uh, if there's there's one out there called Trading Card Game, so that's that's actually quite popular already. Yeah, TCG World is the website, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's got if you compare the graphics to things like Decentraland and Sandbox, it makes Decentraland and Sandbox look like an Atari. You know, it's 4K graphics. Wicked, really good. I do know the one. Okay, cool. Well, look, I, I'm I'm with you there, and I understand. You have mentioned and you touched on the fact that music is a big one, and we've talked about that one as well. That's huge. I'm actually taking a punt on getting Muse's first um, NFT release tomorrow. There's only a thousand of those going on sale, but I'm a massive Muse fan, so I'm hoping to get one tomorrow if I can. It's the, um, you know those kind of things are phenomenal. 
And on that note, we'll leave it there. It's been a fun episode having Dave on and hopefully we'll get you back one day and um, hopefully it's when Ethereum's just finished the merge and it's pumping and we maybe have seen a bit of a flippening happen. You never know. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks, Dave, for being with us today. Thanks for having me. It's been great. I'll definitely come back. Thanks again for listening. As always, if there's something you'd like us to cover, please send us an email at podcast at getbamboo.io. Make sure you join the Facebook community. We've got those three double passes for CryptoCon event going up in the next couple of days and you can catch us on the socials as well. Look forward to seeing you next week. Bye for now. See you guys. Crypto Curious is a product of Equitymates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equitymates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Crypto Curious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equitymates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.